0: Moshe Hecht. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Hatch, a platform that leverages artificial intelligence to help nonprofits raise more money from their donors. As the Chief Innovation Officer at Charity.com, he helped nonprofits raise $2 billion over seven years. He'll share insights about his work and his superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Moshe, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. It's just great to connect with you. Thank you, Devin. It's an honor to be here. Well, thank you. You know, you're you're working in a space that's just uh really uh, near and dear to me, right? Trying to help nonprofits raise money. It's uh it's been more art than science uh since people started donating to anything. Uh but we're in a new world now, aren't we? Yes, we are. Tell us a little bit about Hatch AI and how you'll uh, use artificial intelligence to help enhance giving.
1: Sure. So, you know, I grew up uh, in a family of uh, people who were all involved in community work. Um, And so that was, you know, my upbringing. And um, when I started to get into, in my adult life, get into a a career, you know, being, uh, leading a nonprofit wasn't so exciting for me. I was a little bit... Um, more hungry on the um on the uh you know career side, um but I did want it to make a difference in this space, and I did want to and I felt the best way I can help is by helping people who are helping people um, and I spent the better part of the last seven eight years um you know servicing nonprofits in my last company, and I would say the single greatest Problem, And, you know, if you really, really narrow it down and I've been through the ringer with these nonprofit leaders and I've been through them when they were, you know, uh, three months ahead of their their crowdfunding campaigns and just were trying to imagine a a narrative and trying to imagine the goals all the way down to, you know, at the finish line when they were crying and hugging when they when when they hit that goal and reach that goal. So I've been through the ringer um, with nonprofits. And if I had to, you know, find one essential inherent problem. In the nonprofit space, and why we aren't um, solving problems more rapidly, more efficiently, um, is that most nonprofit leaders, whether they're in the marketing department or fundraising department, is they're spending the majority of their time on a very small subset of their base. So the, the problem isn't that they don't have enough people. I find this to be that you know we're talking about mid to large nonprofits. Not you know new 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 nonprofits that are coming up. You know those are those are all the, you know those are challenges that have to be solved on an individual basis. but I'm talking about at scale is the problem is that they have these databases, especially today in this digital world where they've spent the last 10, 15 years collecting data, collecting email address, collecting social medias, collecting um, a lot of information on people. And now they're just sitting on this database and they're still spending a very small part. Of, they're still spending most of their time on a very small subset of their database. Um, and the, the ultimately, the, the reason is because you know, there's only so many relationships that the, you know, a, a, a fundraiser can, could, 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 could develop. And marketers have the same problem with all marketers. Everyone's unsubscribing and it's hard to really identify the people, what they want, when they want it, how they want it. And that's a, just a classic problem with all marketers. Um, and the, the, real, the, the, the reason why this is is because they just don't know them and they don't have information on these people. And if they did, of course, they would spend if they knew what we call tick, click and give, then, of course, they would spend more time on, on time them. So the first thing that we've done at Hatch is we've collected um, over 300 pieces of data on let's just call it most people. OK, um, these are all from public sources. Um, these are um, information on their giving history information on their giving capacity. Some things are just raw data in terms of like IRS recorded data of how much they're giving. Some things are um, um, modeling that we're doing some kind of prediction on their propensity and capacity to give. Um, We're gathering information on their uh, work, their career, their lifestyle, their social network, all information that technically, if you would go do a 10 hour search on every individual in your database, you'd be able to find this information. This is public information, but we're curating all this information from many sources, licensing a lot of that information at scale, and we're de- delivering it to the orga- or organizations. Now, what happens is with this information, if it's really curated well, and it's really creating a beautiful, wholesome picture of these of these people, With the focus on generosity, philanthropy, a bit of their lifestyle, right? There's a lot of things that are just not important. But when you have a real focus on what makes them, um, what what excites them, what makes them um, feel that they're making an impact, what causes do they care about? You know, do they care about animal rights versus, uh, you know, environmental rights? What So we, what we've done at Hatch is we've delivered a beautiful um, um, platform where they can finally, really for the first time for many organizations, see their people in their full light. Okay, and then what we've done is we've created a certain uh, a, a scoring system. Okay, based on their social influence, based on their so, on their on their philanthropic affluence, and if you want to go into the to, to the platform and you want to search, if you're a fundraiser and it, you want to say, okay, show me the who are the you know, the biggest major donors who are the biggest philanthropic influence in my community with three steps and three clicks, you'll be able to do that on Hatch today. If you're a marketer, based on all this third-party data, if you're a marketer and you're looking for, show me that, the, the, you know, who, do I maybe have an influencer in my community, right? Maybe I have someone um, who's, who's a publicist. Maybe I have someone who works in media. Maybe I have someone who's um, an avid, you know, endurance athlete who I could potentially ask them to, you know, to join our next marathon, or our next bikeathon, any type of peer-to-peer campaigning. Right now, today, those marketers are able to go into the platform, click a few buttons, and based on our algorithms, will be ranked from, you know, most relevant to least to, to least relevant. Um, so that's essentially what the platform does today. I would say that if if you would think of Hatch as a marathon. We're really at mile one in terms of where the product is, and there's a lot more coming down the line.
0: Well, it it is an exciting time to be playing in uh, giving because these new technologies do enable uh, an understanding of donors and their patterns that just was just not possible even ten years ago. Uh, uh, Tell us a little bit about how you came to this place. How did you arrive at launching Hatch? Yeah. So, you know, like I
1: mentioned before, you know, uh, in my last company, Charity.com, we worked with over 7,000 organizations. We helped raise over $2 billion for these organizations, Um, worked with, and I've personally just worked with so many of these organizations one-on-one and managed teams that worked with them. And, you know, we... We we were working with organizations from many different cultures, you know, from, you know, we have an office in Australia, we have an office in Israel, we have an office in Latin America, um, and we were helping them with their crowdfunding campaigns, okay? So this once a year, big bombastic type of campaigns, and um, there's a lot of success today you see in impulse giving, you know, with, with the big GoFundMe campaigns and the big crowdfunding campaigns. Even you know on, a, on an organization level, where they if they really plan for a successful crowdfunding campaign, we see a lot of success. The power of the people, the you know the organizations are getting good at harnessing the power of the crowd, and the and and harnessing those small gifts, and that's becoming a really big, um, you know, a prevalent movement today. Is with crowdfunding, with peer to peer fundraising. I believe that that's actually the, the um, what's perpetuating um, philanthropy the most today is that you know the people-powered giving rather than the top-down money and and even because while you know the, the philanthropists are still the, the most dollar amount the people power giving is is signaling to the philanthropists a lot more than just a few board members they're they're getting signaling from these crowds this collective intelligence is kind of signaling them to give and to give more and to where to give and to give more poignantly um, but when we've been working with organizations, so there's so, so impulsive giving is, 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 is happening. It's, you know, I've, you know we're, it's, it's happening across the board. Um, but what happens after that is that when they're done and the next morning, <laughs> when they have like, you know, a thousand people, two thousand, three, ten thousand people who have given to the organization, they're kind of left the next 11 months until their next crowdfunding campaign with just data sitting there. And there are so many. I mean, data is a nightmare for organizations, right? I mean, first, you got to just get it up into your database. If you didn't use a platform, you know, we're very reliant the nonprofit community on third party platforms and cloud on cloud providers. So there's not a lot of integration going on, right? Um, we're working on there's a lot of platforms that are working on it. But now it's just like, OK, now I got to get my database into my CRM system. OK, um, and uh you know, they the ongoing communication. A lot of times they just end up in one big email and then everybody gets every communication. And then they're wondering why they're getting a, you know, a 5%, 10% unsubscribe rate. Right. Also in terms of just, you know, for the major donors, I mean, they're sitting on people who may have given 10, $15, $20 in that campaign, but their capacity to give could be in the millions and they just don't know it. They just don't know it. So when, when, you know, this came through a pain point of, of, of working with organizations, sometimes year over year over year, and they'd come back to me and I'd be like, after let's say year two or year three, and I'm like, wow, so how did the year go? Well, <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second, you have all this data throughout the, the entire year and you haven't been cultivating them and you haven't been, you know, uh, doing real work and data mining and uh, really trying to understand what you the, the gold mine that you're living on. And a lot of them would say no. Um and I would discover as to why not? Well, because we don't know anything about them, or because we don't, uh, you know, we don't have the capacity in house to to hire data scientists and to and to create audience segmentations and 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 all that stuff. And it came from you know people saying, well, you know, well, I would solve this problem if only dot dot dot, and I would solve this problem if only dot dot dot. And then it came to a point where I was like, well, maybe I should go and build this dot dot dot. And that's really where at. Um, you know the uh, the impetus for Hatch uh, began.
0: Sure, that makes perfect sense. Um, as As I think about this space, uh, I, we have to deal a little bit with this nagging problem of data privacy. Right, we're, we're talking about uh, organizing vast amounts of data. Uh, you know, uh, Mark Zuckerberg has been. Uh, criticized a lot uh, for the way that Facebook uh, and Instagram have gathered data on people and and um, we are able now to manipulate them. How do you uh, address and respond to concerns about uh, the ethical questions around all this data around people?
1: Sure. Um, you know, I'll start by saying like this, you know, this is not my first rodeo by, with servicing the nonprofit community. And, you know, I've met a lot of youngsters who are coming into this. Uh, t- I mean, this was me 10 years ago. You know, um, with trying to create um, solutions for the nonprofit community, assuming that you know, if it works for businesses, then it'll work for nonprofits. But the truth is, it doesn't because nonprofit, um, in many ways, it's actually on this, both sides of the coins. And I'll explain to what I mean in a second. Are just completely different animals when it comes to data privacy and security than businesses um, so it takes a very very deep understanding of what makes organizations tick and what kind of scrutiny they'd be under and what type of um, ethical um, you know boundaries they need to be put into place so that is probably like I mean that's we have our pulse on that in a very very real way I mean even in the most you know, practical way. Like we're not going to succeed as a company unless we're able to bring in some of the larger nonprofits. And those larger nonprofits, I mean, you can't even get into the door unless they see that this is kosher <laughs> in in the most kosher way possible, right? And what might actually be good enough for a business is not good enough for a nonprofit. So we we know that very very well. So the way we approach it is as follows. Well, first, I'll tell you that it, it, it's it's very unique the nonprofit space when it comes to data privacy. Okay. I mean, data security is basically the same. Everybody wants their data to be secure. We we are we we've put into place some very high standard data security. So that's the same with everybody. Make sure my data doesn't get leaked. Make sure it's it's secu- it, it it's secure. But the real the real focus is on the privacy, right? So the first thing is you have to understand, like you know, what's what's you know what it like, what's the uniqueness about this space? Why is it so different? And it's kind of ironic because on the one hand. You know, nonprofits, one of the um, responsibilities they have for not paying taxes is to be more transparent with with what's going on. Right. So they have to file their 990s and there are all types of uh, five different types of 990s, all types of 990s. Um, Organizations are, are have to have to encourage to file annual reports. So. There is a ton of um, transparency when it comes to giving. Obviously, people want to stay anonymous. There's many ways to stay anonymous, and organizations have to respect that. So we're not getting um, any any type of giving data on people who choose to be uh, um, anonymous, whether you know they just don't put their name on their foundation, um, you know, or um, they do it in they you know in the annual report they'll be they'll be reported as anonymous. But there's it, it, transparency is very encouraged. Um, as you know, in in the nonprofit space, right? We're rewarded. You know, the Guide Star, which is now Candid, it's like we're rewarded for transparency, right? We're rewarded for openness, right? So, um, so and that's rare, right? Like people are not rewarded for for their shopping. Like you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, I just bought fifteen pairs of shoes. All right, no one cares. <laughs> but if but if you just gave a big donation to to an institution, like we want to know about. Like we want this to be transparent. We want to know. And then both on the organization side, we want to know how you're spending it. We want to know where it's going. We don't know how you did. De- right. So that's, and that's advantageous when it comes to creating data science in the nonprofit space, where there's just a lot of openness and a lot of information that's transparent. And um, also in, in terms of just like a lot of legal stuff and organizations are or a lot of share lists with other organizations as opposed to right. There's all these things that they're, that they're, that they're, that, that are encouraged. On the other hand, on the flip side of this is that, Privacy is is also more encouraged when it comes to respecting people's wishes, when it comes to maintaining that anonymity when they want to be, when they choose uh, to, to be anonymous. Um, generally, just having um, a a a very uh, respectful, ethical, private centered um, 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 you know thesis or compass. Um, when it comes to respecting people's um, wishes, while simultaneously trying to be transparent, so it's very unique. Okay, it's it's a unique space, and you have to kind of have your finger on the pulse of this unique of of this unique balance. So what we're what what we've done is first, you know, we're taking information that's all public. Okay, um, this information is is out there. It's 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 all public, and but we're going a step further where we're not we you know we're not doing any illegal scraping. Okay. Of of, of of data we're not going against any terms of use of any of the crowdfund uh, sorry of any of the social media uh, platforms and that limits us right there's only so much that we can get from from the platform so for Twitter it's very Twitter is, you know is, is very is very open with its and that's what people want right you're, you're posting on Twitter so that everybody should hear what you're saying but on Facebook and Instagram it's not necessarily the case you know it's a social network Twitter's more like a megaphone. Um, so we're, we're 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 following all the 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 terms of use, privacy policies of all the platforms that um, that that we're using, um, and I think the magic is in the curation of how we're delivering it. The magic is in how we now build forecasting and algorithms and easy search and filter tools in this information that is already uh, already public, and. Obviously, if somebody, if even if that information is public, if somebody we're following all the you know GDPR CCPA rules, if someone wants to be forgotten, they come onto the site, they can delete their, their their information. So we're following all the highest standards of data privacy.
0: Excellent, excellent. Well, Moshe, you've you've accomplished a lot in your career, uh, and uh, really impressive things. You, you've demonstrated remarkable intelligence and foresight. Uh, what do you see as your superpower?
1: Um, that's a great question. Uh, my superpower. Okay. I think, you know, transitioning out of uh, my past business and then starting, you know, in the trenches again and recently in the last few weeks, like hiring. And like, I think something that I, I've realized about myself is my, is my power of empathy. Um, you know, really being able to be in the mind and heart of the person that you're speaking to um, when you're talking to them or when you're dealing with them. Um, you know, there's, uh, and just having that kind of sense of what they're, of what that person is, 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 is feeling. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like, you know, there's a, there's a common um, phrase in the in the in the business world you know um higher slow fire fast so i i have a new phrase <laughs> it's called higher sl- higher slow and fire slow you know we're you, we've 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 become so quick to well if you know you take you know you do all your due diligence before and really there isn't there just isn't enough due diligence before that you can do to find out what people are and who how people really are And you can interview them for months, and then within two weeks of them actually working for you, will learn so much more than you did. So, but you got to do your due diligence, you got to do your background checks, you got to do all that. But then, when the person doesn't pan out, we're so quick to 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 say, "Well, you know, we have we have quotas to meet," and fire fast. Like, don't be afraid to fire fast. And of course, in many cases, that's true. But I feel one of the things that I've learned um, in my eight years of hiring and even some firing. is that don't be so quick to um, to fire people. Don't be so quick to get rid of them because there is there was and there's one example that really really stands out to me. Like in the beginning of, of of my last company, there was someone which right away I felt like there's no way this guy's gonna be sticking around. Like there's no, and then it was another executive, one of my peers said saw something in this person. and said no 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 no, you're making a mistake. You're making a mistake. I see something here, and I'm like I didn't see it. I, I just I really did not see it. Um, ultimately this person became our, after six years, he became our biggest earner. He became, um, wow. he became a real mentor to the other colleagues in the, in, 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 the company. Um, and eventually like went, went on, started his own business, went and got a degree, uh, became a therapist, <laughs> um, and then, and then started his own business. Um, and that's wow. probably one of the greatest lessons that, 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 that I've I've learned. And I think it's, it's given me the power of empathy, the power of um, realizing also as a boss, the onus is on you really to nurture the person, right? Like that's the point. That's the balance where it's like, are you really, did you really do enough to really nurture this person? Are you really seeing this person? Are you really giving them the tools to succeed? Are you really giving them the environment where they can thrive? If the answer to all of that is yes, and they're still just not working out, then think. think. But do that checklist. Go through that. Check yourself, um, and you'll be very surprised that a lot of people have that you know that potential. And given by and if, if given all those stated things, they could become into rock stars. And even more so, those people because the people who have real challenges real, real like, you know, um, barriers and real terms, those people end up when they break through those barriers and you give them the opportunity, they end up becoming your biggest assets. They end up becoming the biggest rock stars. It's the, it's, that's the, you know, the, the beauty of things. Um, so I think it's that, it's that power of empathy. I think it also, uh, um, it manifests itself in the work that we do just being able to, uh, be sensitive to the world's problems, um, feeling that the world's problems and, you know, there's 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 a, there, there's a saying, um, there's a there's a Jewish um, a, a line. Um, I'm not sure where it's uh, where it's from. Maybe the Ethics of Our Fathers, um, and it says it's you know the, the oh you have it on your website. It's I think you have it on your oh oh no no sorry not you no you don't have it. There's some I just saw it on someone uh, on, on someone's website where the line is you know it's not your um, job. It's not your job to finish the job. Okay but it's, but it doesn't preclude you from doing your part. Um, So, so understanding that, you know, the world's problems, hunger, lack of education, um, uh, you know, modern slavery, all these problems that are real, you know, um, are, are problems. No one person is going to solve these problems. You know, it's, 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 and, and, you know, you know, I love the UN's, you know, 2030 goals of solving these problems, kind of ridiculous. Um, they're not going to be solved by 2030. Okay. There it's, it's, there's just something too, you know, I would love it, but it's just too existential for us to go and say a problem, but it doesn't preclude you from trying and doing your part. Um, so I think that's how it kind of scales out on a, you know, on a personal level, my, my sense of empathy. And, um, and then also just on a, and a global, on a, on a global scale of realizing that, you know, you're here for a reason. You're here to 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 do your part to try to help. And my goal in my life and my mission in life is to help people or helping people. Yeah. It takes empathy to do that, right? Because you gotta you you're you're, you're you know you're working with people. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. You have to have that's, empathy. Working that's, with
0: that's perfect. Well, Moshe, thank you so much for your thoughts, your insights, and for taking the time to be with us today. Before we wrap up, we take just a minute and tell people how they can learn more about Hatch AI and how maybe they can apply to be part of this early beta that you've got running, et cetera, et cetera. And then finally, how they can connect with you uh, on sure. social media or otherwise. Sure. So we have a, um, a beta cohort right
1: now where we're accepting about uh, 100 organizations into this beta cohort. Um, we're, we're kind of limiting the access just so we could continue to learn from the organizations, iterate the product. Um, and then build upon that. So we're, we're having a, a beta court right now open to 100 organizations. Um, you can apply at um, Hatch.ai. So it's www.hatch.ai. And you can sign up over there. Um, if you'd like to email me directly, my, uh, my email address is Moshe, my first name, M-O-S-H-E, at Hatch.ai.
0: Um, and Fantastic. obviously we're on all
1: the social media platforms and whatnot.
0: Great, great, great. Well, Moshe, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. We wish you every success in helping nonprofits to raise more money. Thank you very much, Devin. It's an honor to be here. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show twice each week. We host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? visit DevonThorpe.com. Then, let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.